Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to the show. I am Steve Kiliani. This is Dave Murray. Yes, I am. I'm Dave Murray. You're Dave Murray. This is Dave Murray. I was introduced. I was saying this and pointing to you, which you know doesn't really work well for radio. (laughs) It's okay. You're getting, uh, dare I say it, arrogant about your engineering skills. We didn't do any. You didn't do a mic check with me or anything before we did this. Believe me, I do a mic check in here on my own. I can see the mic levels. Everybody's popping here. Looks pretty good. Wow, you have become. A real radio engineer. Oh, no, no, the, no. You are the engineer of this podcast. No, you're getting, you're taking it upon yourself since we started doing this to learn how to do it, to make it sound right. Sounds great. I'm pretending like I've listened to one of these. <laughs> you said your daughter's listening to it. She them, does. Right? My daughter is listening. And she I would rather take praise from a millennial that likes it than. You know, frankly, from someone of an older generation. Well, I listen to podcasts, and I've listened to the one that I enjoy about the uh, presidential race, keeping it sixteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there, it doesn't sound good. Sometimes, no. and it's a it's a podcast that advertises on it, right? And sometimes it just doesn't sound good. It's like you no. can tell they're like rushing it or whatever. Well, you know, sometimes that's uh, part of the charm the appeal of a podcast too is it's not overly produced you're getting more authenticity from it yeah at least that's what i keep saying when we have one that doesn't sound good so it's it's good all right we took a couple weeks off but just to update everybody on our records as far as redskin picks we both picked the redskins to beat the browns good correct we got a lucky victory there Lucky you remember game. the game. There were fumbles that yeah, occurred. Yeah. And if we didn't get those fumbles, we would have had a major problem. We'll take the win. Yeah. You got to get that in the NFL. And, well, if you're going to call that one lucky, what are you going to call the uh, the Ravens victory? I, I mean, don't. That... Did we pick the Ra- the Redskins to beat no, the Ravens? No, that's what I was going to say. We didn't pick that. So our I would call it lucky that we didn't do a podcast that week and <laughs> jinx the were... Redskins. I, I'm not going to count this for the record, but I think I would have picked against whatever you picked. Oh, really? So, I would have been... I actually, my honest feeling on that game was it was going to be what it was, a very close game, and I had trouble picking it. Right. Now, knowing me, I probably would have picked the Ravens, so maybe you would have taken the lead, but this is all, you know, conjecture. Okay. So we are, what are we, collectively, gosh, I'm forgetting now. We've got one right. Not good. And we've gotten three wrong. So we're collectively Correct. two and six. All right, we're two and six, and now we come up to this Eagles game. I'll go first. All right. Well, I think we're going to beat the Eagles. I really do. I just uh, will scrap. I will do what we do, which is get behind early, somehow <laughs> come back, um, get a lucky play or whatever. And then the fourth quarter, we're in it. Mm-hmm. And the Redskins seem to be a good 
fourth quarter pressure team. Oh, in other words, they seem to look forward or they seem to relish in the fourth quarter pressure where one key play makes a difference. Now, as a fan, it's absolute torture. Oh, yeah. But as sometimes as a player, this is the kind of team, it's the character of the team. So I think we're going to win, I'll say like 23-16. Okay. By a touchdown, but well, tense. I, I want to set myself apart from you. I want to really open up a lead in this contest here. So I, I'm going to pick the Eagles. And I do think it'll be a close game. I mean, these divisional games typically are, um, unless it's on Monday night football or something like that. Uh, but I think it's going to be close, but I'll put us on the wrong side of it this time. And it'll be something like 24-21. Okay. Right? Well, well, I'm I mean, a chance. You know, there. every year when we were on the radio, part of your strategy always seemed to be to do what was opposite of me. <laughs> and I would make a lot of Homer Redskin calls. And since the Redskins are perennially, or whatever that word is, not so great, mm-hmm. I think you've won more seasons than I've won. But maybe this will be the opposite, I hope. We'll see. All right, so putting aside the non-financial aspects of the show, which are fun and a lot of people pay attention to, we had two things we wanted to dive into today. Um, they both three-letter initials, as I'm staring down at my page here. QCDs, which a lot of you might not know what that means, and LTC, long-term care. So I wanted to dive into the QCDs, which is Qualified Charitable Distributions, first. Right. Right? Now, who does this apply to? Let's say that you're someone out there who has reached that magic age of 70 and a half. And if you're anywhere close to that, you know that when you reach that magical age of 70 and a half, the IRS tells you you have to start taking money out of your IRA. This is the required minimum distribution. And if any of you who have this requirement or know that it's coming up, if any of you have glanced at how much that is, which is a common question that we get, it starts in that first year at about 3.6%, and then it goes up as a percentage every year. And you have to take it. You have to take Clients it. Clients say, how can I get it out of that? I don't want to do that because I don't need to take money. I don't want to take an RMD, a required minimum. How do I get out of that? You can't. Right. It's the government wants their money. And well, they're going to get their money. We're going to give you right here the one way that you can get away with it, but you can't take it yourself and not pay right. the We're going to give you a, a strategic move mm-hmm. that you can make. If you're so inclined. But, but an RMD must be taken. And what the penalty, if you don't take it, is 50%. Yeah, not 15. Right. No 1-5. This is a 5-0, 50% penalty. So just to put a number to it, if you're kind of drifting out there, if you've got a half a million dollars in in your IRA accounts, you've got to take $18,000. And that $18,000 is going to count as ordinary income that year when you take it. So that's the issue or that's the situation that people face. And some people are in a circumstance where, like Dave mentioned, they don't need the money. Or, even worse than that, taking the distribution bumps up their overall adjusted gross income, and that can have uh, several different effects. Right. It's a compounding effect on your tax taxation. Right. Obviously, it might bump you into a different bracket. Well, that's, I mean, that's the one that's easy to think about. Say, well, gosh, if, you know, if I have that, if I have this additional income, now it's going to bump me into the 25% bracket instead of 15 and that's a higher tax rate. That's bad enough. But as most of you out there listening know, 
the rates that you pay on your Medicare or for Medicare are based on your income and they can vary. It can go from 100, I'm using rough numbers, $100 a month, $200 a month, $300 a month based on how much income you have. Right? And that RMD, taking that out, that can bump you into that next higher category. Right? Wow. Another impact of being in a higher income bracket is how much of your social security benefit will be taxable. So there are thresholds, and I probably should have put these numbers right in front of me, but there are thresholds that basically say if you don't earn much money, and I think it's less than roughly $40,000 a year, your social security benefits are, are not going to be taxed or only half of them would be taxed if you bumped above that. For a lot of our clients, 85% of their social security benefits are taxed. That's the maximum amount of the benefit that can be taxed. So having that RMD could push you from the zero to the 50 to the 85% range of taxable for social security. So the way to avoid this there's no way to avoid it and still get the money, but the way to avoid some of this is to make what's called a qualified charitable distribution. Now, this has been available, this has been allowed for a number of years. The problem is most of the time Congress waited until December to make this a law for the upcoming year or for that past year, I should say. For that past year. So you had like a month to figure out what a QCD is, and many of you... Well, and sometimes... Now, maybe the people listening, because let's face it, if you are in this, you're the only 70-and-a-half-year-old I know listening to a podcast. (laughs) So you're well ahead of the game, but still, that does not seem fair. That doesn't seem reasonable. Yeah, the problem with it is it didn't give you a whole lot of time to plan on this. You know, your uh, tax attorneys or tax advisors didn't know, well, is this going to be the, the rule going forward? Can we count on this? So last year, President Obama signed this into law that it's now permanent, right? So you can do this. You can contribute. Instead of taking that required minimum distribution, you can direct that money to go to a charity. And that has the effect of reducing your taxable income and still counts for your RMD. And by the way, I should also point out, because some people have said, well, I don't get it. You know, can I just take a deduction for this? You know, can I just write it off as a charitable deduction? I mean, I do that all the time. Well, the whole idea is this doesn't boost up your adjusted gross income before you have the deductions come off. And then on top of that, some people actually don't itemize deductions. You know, maybe if they don't own a place, their standard uh, deduction there. So if you're charitably inclined and this might be a good option for you to instead of taking that income, boosting up your income, contribute that to a charity. Right. I think in a, in a more global sense, lesson learned from all this is when you get when you're doing your retirement planning, the kind of work we do with clients, often we meet them. Oh, we do meet some. Actually, we've met some recent people right around the RMD age. But you need to learn what a required minimum distribution is, and you need to talk to your advisor uh, about how to, to plan for it. It's not just, it's not a simple thing. It's, it's an important thing. Many of the people who we meet or, you know, email us or come to our talks or whatever, they know this 
coming in, but there is some, it, it, it does become a little more complicated and you do need to plan for this stuff in general and start to think about it. Mm -hmm. All right, so that was our QCD discussion there, Qualified Charitable Distribution. Now let's shift gears to the LTC discussion. Right. Which as you know, regular listeners of this show know, we focus an awful lot about investing, planning for retirement, but we also think that protecting your assets and protecting your income is important. And one of the biggest ways that we think you should do that is through long-term care insurance. And this is a constantly changing market. It's it's so complicated now. I can't keep up with it, but yeah, Dave obviously does. I, yeah, Dave, Dave has to. And it's really, yeah, Steve, it's rapidly changing. So, and it always leads to, the, it doesn't matter if it was the first, did I ever tell you about the first long-term care seminar I ever did? Uh, it was maybe. 1999, and I was really, I decided to focus on long-term care insurance around 1998, and I decided to do a seminar, so I called all these people, <laughs> various people in the firm I was with at the time, and, and I got about five people who wanted to come to a long-term care insurance seminar, and of those five who said they were going to come, one person came. It was starting at about 7 p.m. at the offices there where I was, and I thought no one was going to come, and then the one person came. So I said, oh, I guess I got to do this seminar. <laughs> For one person. For one person. Um, but whether it was that one person in 1999 or now, it's the same holds true. And then I'll tell you what the news is. If you don't, if you own long-term care insurance and you're listening to this podcast, so there's a good chance you are because you've heard about our podcast because you're already a client. And most people who are a client or even heard this are a client on either the investment side and or the long-term care side. Um, but if you, if you haven't, whether it's now or what, back then, get long-term care insurance when you can if you have assets to protect. Assets to protect means your net worth is $200,000 or more. That's my opinion. That's mm -hmm. not fact. That's my opinion. Yeah. That you should be protecting those assets with long-term care insurance. And there's no reason more. The insurance companies are telling you why. Well, Dave just wants to do that because he sells long-term care insurance. You're allowed to think that. <laughs> but ultimately, look what the insurance companies are doing. So the other day, I got a call from our overall broker group that sort of handles our long-term care insurance business. They're an independent broker group, all the, the carriers. And another carrier was dropping out of the selling game. Hmm. So what do I mean by that? When you buy a policy from this carrier, it's the name of the uh, carrier's Life Secure. They're owned by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. So they decided we're just going to focus on our group business. That means they'll sell it to companies who might, you know, get a group policy, it's called, but they're not going to do the individual market. Just you want to find out from a broker like me, what are my options? They're not an option anymore. So why are they getting out of that? They're, they're getting out of it because you have to keep a certain amount as a life insurer who sells long-term care insurance. You have to keep a certain amount of reserves in each state to pay all potential claims and keeping that reserve money ties that money up from other things the company could be doing with it it's three times all potential claims so it's a lot of money that has to be there they decide you know what? we don't want to do this anymore that doesn't every policy when a company decides not to sell it anymore they have to by law honor all the policies they've sold in the past right doesn't affect that at all but just means there's another option that's off the market right now 
and and what that means ultimately is what's what's the the deal with long-term care insurance long-term care insurance since the day i started doing it to now is still the best way to protect your assets you know and your livelihood if you god forbid need to go to assisted living or a nursing home or home care whatever well i mean the real simple example when you look at a retirement plan you know we work so hard on trying to figure out when you're retired let's say you need a hundred thousand dollars a year to live comfortably and you know well i've got a pension excuse me a pension of forty thousand i've got social security of thirty thousand and then that other thirty thousand i've got to pull from my assets right and we work so hard on trying to figure out how do we do that what's the right combination of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, annuities, real estate, whatever. But that whole plan is so fragile if one or the other, husband and wife, or if you're single, if you need long-term care, and now that's costing, let's say, a hundred or 120000 a year. It was hard enough to put together a plan that took care of that 100000 But now you've got, you have to plan for an extra 100000 It's just not doable. Unless you got a spare, you know, five million dollars. Well, it's not realistic, and that while it's no fun to pay the premium and go through the process, which is complicated to get it. By complicated, it's not the easiest under insurance to understand. But to get it in place and be done with it, it is a great idea because going forward, all you're seeing is the policies costing more and the benefits being a little bit watered down. You sort of want to lock in the best policy you can get. And the reason all this is happening is because it's happening to so many people. Right. Because so many people are using their, there's no better evidence to get long-term care insurance than the fact that insurance companies don't want to sell it anymore and are paying out enormous billions upon billions of dollars in claim because assisted living and, you know, home care, these are the two biggest forms of care, and, of course, skilled nursing care, are becoming a part of life, a normal part of life versus an anomaly, something that you might have to deal with. Right. The odds are you will have to deal with it. The claims are being paid out, and you really need to think about, for those of you who already have a policy, I strongly urge you to tell your friends, if they ever bring it up, hey, you should look into it. Right. <laughs> if, they, if they're in the area, they can come to one of my seminars if you're just listening to this and you're in like Hawaii or, <laughs> you know, nothing better than being in Hawaii and listening to this exciting that show. Beautiful get outside. a life, get outside. Don't call me. <laughs> no, seriously, if you're not in the area and you want to find out more and you're interested in it, there aren't, unfortunately, there's not a lot of education on the topic, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm just telling you, every day goes by and I'm like, uh, People should just get their policies and be done with this. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's like I mentioned earlier, it's it's gotten so much more complicated with carriers dropping out of the marketplace, uh, other carriers that stay in it just changing the way they design the policies. It, it's very hard to try to, you know, we always kind of get a chuckle when people say, well, I'm going to research this on my own first. I don't know. How would you do that? I mean, <laughs> there's two reasons people say that. One is they just feel like they can research anything, like it's buying a dishwasher. Sure, you're used to researching cars right. and, you know, whatever. Two, the other reason is they feel like if I go with the advisor, the advisor is biased or will charge me an extra fee. Right. So I know in my case anyway, in our case, we are independent. Any company that's licensed to sell you long-term care insurance in the state you live in, that's who we choose from. And 
and this is for anybody who's an advisor in long-term care insurance, in life insurance, in annuities, in long-term disability, the life insurance product line. Your price is based on four factors, your current age, your current health, whatever plan, company you pick, and the design of that. Mm-hmm. That's your price, not based on who you work with. Yeah, so so it makes no sense to feel like there's a price bias with who you work with and and yeah you can ask the person you're working with are you independent in this or do you work for a a company right life insurance that's a fair question to ask but there is no cost difference once you start to investigate the different plans and that's not just in long-term care insurance that's in all the life insurance product line Mm -hmm. all right that wraps up our our initial topics for today qcds and ltc and the Redskins. And the Redskins. Our, we started out light, and we, you know how we ended this? Really heavy. <laughs> like actual <laughs> actual knowledge mm. was given to the people listening to this podcast, which is part of what we do besides just as opposed to the Red, Redskins segments that have no real knowledge, just a lot of, you know, fans. The juxtaposition of the two segments was, was outstanding. All right. See you guys next week right here. 